Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I'd like to welcome you to the December 4th episode of the bull bear banter. Let's start with this week's market update. March corn futures ended at 417 today, down five and a half, and losing 16 and a quarter week on week. December 2021 corn ended at 410 and a quarter, losing a half cent today and down four and a half for the week. January soybeans lost five and a quarter today to end at 1163, and that's off 28 and three quarters for the week. March soybean futures ended at 1165, also down five and a quarter today, and off 27 and three quarters for the week. Please note that while November 2021 futures only lost 20 cents this week, ending at 10.38 and a quarter, they're still $1.25 less than January and March futures. The big story this week is the failure of the January soybean futures to trade above $12. On Monday, it got as high as 11.99 before the downturn that pushed it to 11.42 and a half on Wednesday. As I've mentioned earlier, we're going to continue to have volatility in this market. Each and every time that the market fails to take out one of these psychological barriers, it makes it even harder to push through it later. It has something to do with the technicals that chart traders use, as well as just the mindset of traders when we don't cross one of those points and then hold it for a period of time. We may get there before this crop year is over, but it's going to take new information beyond what is already known. We're going to need some sort of major disruption to production or a major uptick in demand. Without one or the other of those, we will continue to bounce back and forth based on what the most current piece of information in the market is. A small change in the weather forecast showing more or less rain will move the market. A small change in demand, whether a slight increase or a slight decrease, will push us up or down slightly. To get beans above $12 or corn above $4.50 on the board, we need a major adjustment to supply or demand, or perhaps both. With that, let's look at some other items impacting corn and soybean prices as we look at this week's bull bear factors. On the corn side for bull factors, export inspections were 35 million bushels last week and near the top end of the range of expectations. The same week last year saw 32.8 million. So we continue with the streak as this makes 13 weeks in a row with more exports than the same week of last year. Cumulative totals are now 399 million bushels shipped up from last year's 238 million. Export sales were also near the top end of expectations, reported at almost 54 million bushels. Total commitments are now more than 1.5 billion, almost 65% of the USDA's yearly estimate, versus the five-year average of 41.5% for this time of the year. Last year, we were sitting at 575 million at this point. South American weather remains mostly dry. La Nina is still a concern because it would mean an even lengthier period of dryness or drought. According to one very well-known analyst on South American crops, 50% of both Brazil's and Argentina's corn crop has already been negatively impacted by weather. This week, crude oil futures really haven't done a whole lot, up about a dollar, maybe a little less than that per barrel, with January West Texas Intermediate moving to just above $46 today. On the bear side, Brazil's first corn crop is now estimated at 94% planted versus 90% last week and 93% on average. U.S. ethanol production dropped a little last week to 286 million gallons, down 5 million from the previous week, and well below last year's 312 million for the same week. Ethanol inventory also increased last week by 13 million gallons to 892 million. This is the fifth week in a row of increasing stocks and is now the highest level in almost six months. 
For bull factors for soybeans, export inspections for last week were reported at 74.8 million bushels, right in the middle of the expected range. 82% of last week's shipments were bound for China. While this shows another drop from the previous week, it still outpaces the same week of last year and is also maintaining that 13-week streak or the entire marketing year. The cumulative total is now 980 million bushels versus 587 million bushels shipped at this point last year. Even though export sales were near the bottom end of the expected range, coming in just shy of 15 million bushels last week, cumulative sales are now 1.923 billion or 87% of the USDA's estimate for the year well ahead of the five-year average for this time of the year of 61%. Last year at this time, sales were 953 million. Many analysts continue to talk doom and gloom regarding South American weather and the impact on the soybean crops there. One of the more well-known analysts is now saying that 40% of Brazil's beans and 30% of Argentina's have already been hurt. Along with that, there is talk that parts of Brazil might be abandoning planted soybeans and prepping to plant cotton without rain in the next five to seven days. As far as soybean bear factors, as mentioned earlier, the big issue this week with regard to soybeans is the failure of January futures to take out $12 and then the downturn since. We did bounce a little higher Thursday, gaining 15 cents, but the other four days this week ended lower. Brazilian soybean planting continues to move along quickly and now stands at 83% versus 74% last week and 85% on average. I'm going to continue to highlight the inverse in soybean futures as well as cash prices. I also want you to keep paying attention to that new crop 2021 price as well. As far as what to watch for and upcoming events, the USDA will release their latest WASDE report next Thursday, December 10th at 11 a.m. and the annual Landis meeting will take place virtually on December 14th at 4.30 p.m. Ballots need to be returned by December 9th at 4.30 to be valid. More details will be announced later. Just keep checking our website under the Events category. And now for Tom's take. Recently, we've had a few instances where a farmer has said something like the following. I responded to your bids text and sent back a text saying, Sell my grain last week, but I haven't received a check yet. How come? I left a voicemail for someone at Landis, I'm not really sure who, to sell my grain. Can you tell me if that got done? I sent an email back to the morning comments I received from Landis to sell some grain for me and I haven't seen it on the portal yet. Can you look into it? We generally start by asking some questions like, who did you talk to and when did you do that? Inevitably, what we find out is that the message was not received on our side. Or if it was, the person that heard it or saw the message doesn't buy grain and made an assumption that someone else had already dealt with it. Like almost every form of communication, if the recipient doesn't acknowledge your message, you really shouldn't assume that the message was received. So let me be as clear as I can. To sell grain to Landis, you need to talk to a Landis employee and have them confirm the purchase. Without that vital part of the equation, please don't assume that anything was done. We simply don't buy grain via text, email, or voicemail. If we receive the message, someone might contact you, and if so, at that point, we'll use the current price at that time. We won't honor a price from the night before, someday last week, or last month. We will use the current price. I know we live in an age of electronic communication, but we still need to speak to each other in order to buy or sell grain. And while I'm at it, that is where and when the contract happens. So along with that, when you receive paperwork either in the mail or via the portal, that is a confirmation of the contract. We ask that you sign it and return it so that we all have a good paper trail. Just keep in mind, the contract was made verbally, either on the phone or in person. 
The paperwork simply confirms the agreement we both made. In closing, I appreciate you listening to the Bull Bear Banter this week. If you'd like, you can send a tweet to Co-op or drop an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com with any comments or questions. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you next week. <music>